We want to welcome you back to the Enduring Churches podcast. It is a great day to endure. Uh, you know, as we start a new year, hopefully you're kind of excited. You've got a lot of things in front of you, and you're not thinking too far out in front, but you're, you're kind of working out of your sweet spot. And that's certainly our hope, but uh, we're excited to be with you today. We're going to kind of be starting a, a little bit of a series here. We're going to be talking about that different types of pastors and some, some common attitudes or maybe characteristics we see that maybe can be pitfalls of how we approach our ministry. So Trent, it's good to be here with you and why don't you tell us a little bit about what we, what we will be talking about today. All right, I'd be glad to. Yeah, we're, we're hoping you endure. Right now I'm enduring cold. Yeah, Alan and I swapped places. Now he's in the warm and I'm in the really really below freezing parts so, yeah we're enduring that uh but we're going to be talking uh you know as alan said about different pastors different uh, personality types of pastors different pitfalls that pastors deal with and, and we kind of want to start out that today by talking about insecurity this is uh, this is something that i guess i've been noticing and reading a lot about and and I've noticed that that insecurity affects us all in lots of different ways, more than we probably realize. And, and so as a pastor, it's going to affect us in our ministry as well. And so we want to talk a little bit about that with you today, get you to, to think about, you know, how, if you are dealing with this, how it's affecting you, and uh, maybe give you some encouragement to, uh, to grow in your identity in Christ as well. Yeah, Trent, so talk to us a little bit about maybe some of the things that you've observed that would maybe give us an indication that, that someone's an insecure leader or an insecure pastor. Well, Alan, when you say that, one of the things that I guess that comes to mind, and I've been, it seems like over the last few years, this has really been, um, maybe it's because I've dealt with this, and I think all of us have dealt with this at some point, but I recognize more and more that um, the way that people come across uh, is, is because of insecurity. And, and when I say that, um, it, it's not just that somebody is very meek and mild or shy. Um, there are other ways that insecurity can manifest itself. Um, somebody who's really, really, um, boisterous, uh, in your face, um, really can a lot of times be trying to overcome a sense of insecurity in their own lives. And so they put on this face, this mask to be able to cover that up. And so, um, you know, it, it can, it can show itself in, in lots of different ways. Well, so let's let's start with maybe what everyone's thinking about, you know, someone who just kind of demonstrates that lack of confidence or, or something like that. So that that person, you know, they're they're get up there to to speak and, you know, they say something, but then you're not sure there's the conviction. Right. It's it comes across as I kind of believe this and or I kind of believe we should go this way. Um, that that probably wouldn't be a good way to to lead it but but that's how sometimes leadership can come across if it's insecure right do you really believe what you're saying is that what you're what you mean alan is it, yeah is, yeah like the you know when we you you put in our notes that a lack of confidence will keep you from trying new things and 
And I'm not sure it's, it's not so much we're afraid to try. I think it's out of fear of failure. When we're insecure, we, we, we're afraid that if we fail, we'll look bad or this or that, and we'll pick up the pieces, you know, that will be Humpty Dumpty. And we're afraid yeah. of that fall. And so, you know, when I think about that, I think about that, that insecurity that, that maybe polarizes us and makes us look weak. But the thing about that is, Trent, you know, think about that when you're preaching, you know, if, you, if you're insecure in your study, you know, people aren't going to believe what you have to say. Um, if you're insecure in, in providing vision and direction and you change that every three or four weeks because you weren't sure you were right the first time. Those kinds of things can can really polarize people and, and maybe drive them away. Well, you mentioned something there, Alan. I think that's it, it can be a telltale sign is changing changing horses. You know, uh, just not being a person who sticks with a a vision. Uh, it's it's always changing, and so that maybe that insecurity causes us to always be looking for the the most popular program or the the next big book be put out by somebody who's a big name and so we're always trying to do the the big thing to stay i guess going on somebody else's security i'm i'm betting on their name instead of my own yeah i think that's a great great thought when you think about that yeah well if i can cover it up with their name then it'll look really good and it's not about about me anymore that's certainly true i think part of it too maybe trent is that that personality inside of us that um when the going gets tough the, the tough get going away <laughs> you know and we, and we run away from a problem um because we don't want to have to face the obstacle and insecure insecurity would lead us to look at an obstacle and say i can't do anything about that you know, I was reading in the book of Judges, you know, and it said that they couldn't drive out a certain group of people because they had iron chariots. Well, when did that stop God from ever doing a work? And it's because they had drifted from their security and what God had done to trust in their own solutions and, and they weren't going to work. You know, the Bible tells us some trust in chariots, but we'll trust in the name of, of our Lord. And so I think that's something we need to think about when we're thinking about you know, our security is, you know, what do we do when we encounter obstacles? Yeah, that is, that's absolutely right. And so the first thing we kind of were hitting at and talking about is that a lack of confidence and insecurity prevents us from trying new things there. And so it can hinder us or even cause us to keep jumping around, jumping horses. But it also, um, it, it sometimes, it gives us a very critical spirit and cynical because we're insecure in our own uh, abilities. And so we can come across as very unteachable in those times. And, and like, uh, well, you know, hey, I've got to do this my way. It's, you guys got to do this my way because by golly, it's going to be my name, my neck on the, on the chopping block kind of thing. Yeah, I think when you think about leadership, one of the things that we're supposed to do is we're supposed to be willing to take it. You know, I mean, that's part of the role of a leader is to is to uh, kind of take it on the chin. When it goes good, you 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 share the reward, you share the blessing, you share the praise. When it's going bad, you take it on yourself. And that's kind of what what we're talking about here is is that that ability to to do that when you're insecure. 
you, you won't let that happen. You want someone else to take the fall and you're not willing, you're not willing to do that. And so to mask that, and that's kind of what we're talking about, we mask our insecurity by making it look like we are secure when we're really not, we're just being a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we were talking before we started recording today about all the coaching changes that are taking place in college football and wondering if some of those guys were jerks and, and you see this happen with pastors that um, unfortunately churches don't talk to the next church about, Hey, this guy was not good. You know, he was, didn't do a good job and he was hard to work with. But, um, you know, you see that a lot um, to where what Alan said is absolutely right. You, when things are going well, you need to be, if you're a good leader, you're going to be sharing the blessing and the encouragement. When things are bad, you're going to be being responsible and saying, no, really, the buck stops here. Um, but uh, somebody who's really insecure is going gonna, is gonna to pass the blame and keep all the glory. It's going to be just the opposite of that. Yeah. So that bluster sometimes, sometimes we see that and we, we think that someone who is just bragging and all of that, we think of them as maybe sometimes being overly secure. And we're going to talk about that type of pastor too. But I think that sometimes that, that too is just that mask that we're trying to cover up the fact that we, we maybe don't know what we're doing. And I think we've all been there. You know, oh, yeah. I think when I was a young pastor, uh, I didn't know what I was doing a lot of times, uh, and I was trying to cover cover that up and act like I knew knew what I was doing when I when I didn't have a clue. And so, we do that. It, it part of it's natural. Part of it we have to recognize and learn to grow from. But I think the biggest fear is when we do these things and don't recognize we're doing them, and it becomes a pattern of insecurity. And people do not want to be around an insecure leader. Um, they want someone who makes them who makes them believe that there is a conviction um, in in what they're doing. You know, I, I last year one of the books I read Trent was about George Washington, and as a military leader, he really wasn't that good. He was very mediocre, but where he was exceptional was in rallying people with his conviction and that's why people followed him it wasn't because he was the best military leader he probably wasn't but he led with such conviction that people wanted to follow him and he had the right destination in mind and i think that that's that's a great word for us when we think about that well, and the other thing about George Washington, in which you, I'm sure you came across, is that he was given a terrible group of ragtag people who weren't committed, and he was he would, did a great job of rallying them and and bringing them together. Um, and so, you know, and we have to do that as pastors too. Sometimes we get a group of people that are not committed, um, that are not maybe equipped or trained or um, talented even. And, and our job is to show them that we, uh, we do have a conviction that God will pour out his blessings, that God will be the one who equips us and God's going to lead us. And so I think that's all that kind of goes together. And so the next point that um, we have in our notes here is that sometimes that um, insecurity 
it, it's kind of related to the jumping horses, you know, jumping and changing programs and changing all the time, but it can give, cause us to give up easily when we encounter any kind of obstacle. You know, um, we don't have that conviction. And so we, we change anytime there's any kind of obstacle whatsoever. Uh, I've seen that before and it, it can be hard for a church to wrap their head around. It's like, okay, now wait a minute. Last month we were going this way and, and now we're doing this. And, and so there become more and more obstacles all the time. Yeah. And I think insecurity is the foundation for a lot of types of pastors that we can talk about. You know, I know one of in our notes, we have something to talk about the indecisive pastor, the indecisive leader. And, and that's kind of, this is a seed for that one. That's why it was important for us to start with this one, because I think this feeds into a lot of um, different types. But when, when you are secure and you're making decisions with conviction, you're going to see those through. You're not, you're not going to drop them, you know, halfway through. And so that's, that's important for us to remember as we kind of go through all of this. This is why this one is kind of a, a key and a foundation to a lot of what we talk about. So Trent, I guess the question is, I think all of us probably recognize there have been moments of insecurity, but if insecurity is kind of an ongoing problem um, in our lives, what do we do? How, how do we overcome that? Well, I think one of the first steps is we've got to do some evaluating and looking, you know, <laughs> I was talking to my son about this question. He uh, helps a church in, in Oklahoma and, and he's very passionate about um, our identity in Christ. But, um, you know, it, it, he mentioned that sometimes we just got to stand and look in the mirror and say, okay, what am I basing my value, my security in? Um, if it's in your job, then how is that going to affect your your actions and your thoughts? If, if all of your value and your security is based on you being the pastor of such and such church, what happens when when you're no longer the pastor of that church? How does that affect you? How does that affect your thoughts and your actions? Um, what if your your security is in your ability to speak well? You know, pastors sometimes we we pat ourselves on the back and we think, hey, I've got this speaking thing down, public speaking. The biggest, the number one fear in the world really is public speaking and, and we are able to do that. Um, how does that affect you, you know? Um, and so, Alan, it, it, if it, also, what if it's in your ability to grow a church? Ouch. If you're secure, yeah, if your security is in your ability to grow a church and then COVID comes along, you know, um, and or something else comes along and all of a sudden your church is declining instead of growing. And that can really affect you. Yeah, I think all those, you know, those are those are so true. When we think about insecurity, it it may only be in one or two areas. It may not be everything. You're not insecure in this or you're not insecure in that, but you are insecure in this. And so I think that's a great thought, and I'm glad you kind of broke it down for us to see it that way, because each of them maybe re require a little bit, you know, maybe, maybe different or different approach. But how how do we deal, you know, with those things? I think some of it comes back to the issue of identity. Who am I? Who called me? 
and you know and starting kind of with a foundation of who you are instead of what the other issue is mm -hmm. well and i think the foundation of knowing that god is the one who's called you and and alan we've done uh, podcast episodes talking about our calling and how important that is um i think this is huge when things are not going the well going the way that you want them to do or they're not going as well as you hoped for then you know there's going to be lots of doubts that creep in um sometimes anger but that's the point where you've got to go back to your calling and say okay god called me here and god's called me to lead this group of people and until he changes that calling then i've i've got to grow um and and you know we we mentioned earlier about the jumping horses changing and, and uh, you know, we were, Alan and I like to uh, read John Maxwell stuff and he will always say that you'll, you'll only attract leaders up to uh, below one below you or equal to you as strength of leader. Isn't that the way it goes, Alan? Yeah. Usually, usually you hire um, probably one to two places below you. So on a scale of one to 10, if you're if you're a seven, you'll probably um, try to hire a lot of fives. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how, how he would phrase that. Yeah. Well, and so I think the same thing is true in volunteers, which you're dealing with mostly in churches, is that you're going to attract, um, you're not going to ever attract leaders that are greater um, strength than you are. It's going to be rare if you do. And so then, you know, if you're, insecure and you're struggling with your leadership and you're not growing you're going to you're going to really hamstring your your church uh hamstring your church because they're you're going to have weak leadership not only in you but in the volunteers that work with you well i think it's, that's why it's important for us to grow as leaders you know so we don't stay in the same place and you mm -hmm. can't grow you have to go grow through your insecurities not just say, well, I'm just insecure and that's just my weakness. You have to work to, to overcome that, that insecurity. And, it, and like Trent was talking about, it begins, with, it begins with this recognizing in ourselves, there's this tendency in our insecurity to put all the emphasis on ourselves. And God did not call you from your place of strength. He called you from your place of weakness. He calls you in spite of your of your weaknesses. He calls you in your vulnerability, and that's the part of us that actually is the most useful and most beneficial to the kingdom of God. It's not where we're naturally strong; it's really where we're weak. And when we recognize that our strength is in Christ, because He's what He is, what's missing in our lives, and His presence is what empowers and strengthens us. Uh, it makes us more effective as leaders, and so. We would encourage you to, to start there. Start, start with your calling. Start with uh, finding your, your identity in Christ and recognize that staying in a place of, of, of where you're just feeling um, insecure isn't going to help you at all. Right. I agree, Alan. And so, okay, we start there going back to our sense of calling. And that's got to lead us to a place of wanting to know more about the one who called us. Um, it, how's your relationship? You know, it, it's sad to say, but a lot of times as pastors, we're the ones with the weakest quiet time. Um, the, spend the least amount of time, which sounds crazy, 
we're always coming up with sermons, but we don't spend a lot of devotional time for the relationship part. Um, and so we have to get to know the God who's calling us. And because otherwise, if we don't, then we're always going to be looking toward ourselves. Um, and scripture tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so if we don't have faith in him, we're going to keep making decisions that don't please him. We're going to be leading our, our folks away from him instead of toward him. And when I think of those things in line of some of those areas we talked about, Trent, like when you're speaking, you know, what does God's word want to communicate today? You know, if we start from there, that the conviction is that God has something he desires to communicate, and I'm his vessel. Um, it, again, it begins to remove the pressure from you. And, and we recognize that the, the power is in, in the word of God, not in and of ourselves. Or, you know, if it's in, in, in the vision, in the, in the direction of the church, well, whose church is it? You know, the, the church belongs to, to Christ. It's his bride. And, and he will take care of his church. So if I begin with that as my, that takes the pressure off me and I don't have to worry so much about that because ultimately it is God's church. And if he doesn't like the direction it's going, he'll either move me or he'll move some of them, but he'll, he'll, move, he'll move some things around. And yeah. I, need to let him, I need to let him do that. You know, if it's in some of my skills, maybe maybe I'm not good in hospital visits or, or this or that. Well, if my conviction is, is that the Bible says I'm a shepherd of the flock, then I go and I do the best I can. I may never be great in that area, but God gives me the grace to do it in spite of my own human nature. Right. Yeah, that in, in spite of is right, it, because it has to be his power. Um, that that does this and and otherwise we're just building a group of people that follow us and we don't want to do that we want to be encouraging people to follow God and so there are times um, I I'm I struggle with this when it's when I have to be still I I'm not good at that and so <laughs> um, but God gives us the blessing of having to be still sometimes. And his, his word tells us to be still and know that he is God. And so he gives us the blessing of, of those times to be still, to get to know him so that we're not just running around doing stuff, but instead we are getting to know him. Yeah, mine's not maybe when I'm, when I'm still, it's when I'm isolated. Mm. When I'm isolated, yeah. that's when insecurity creeps, creeps up in me. So relationships are very important. My relationship with Christ, with my family, uh, with, with other people. So the more I'm in tune with other people, the more I tend to uh, not be insecure. It's, it's when I'm by myself that mm. trying to figure out why I'm stuck by myself. So yeah, that's, that's part of it. And what I guess what we're trying to say is we, we all struggle, I think with insecurity and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, if you have reached the beat all end all church and you think that all your ministry goals are, have been accomplished, you're still going to at times struggle with a sense of insecurity um, because I think we're all do, trying to do a God-sized task. And whenever we lose 
lose the, a God-sized God in the God-sized task, that void is pretty, is pretty insecure. So we encourage you to make sure that, that you are putting the identity in him and not on yourself. Right. Yeah, we want you to, to go back to the foundation that you have an identity in Christ. And in Christ, you are loved. You know, we, we all worry about, well, do those people like me? Do they, does my church love me? Well, hey, if, if everyone else was out of the picture, remember that Jesus loves you. The simplest thing, right? The first song we learn in, in you know, VBS or whatever, Jesus loves me. Go back to that and start from there. It's always a good place to begin. We should yeah. probably begin that every day. I remember hearing a story about Larry Bird, and I don't know if it's true because I never heard it directly from him. But I was told that um, he was out one day and he had started a warm up, and he did a hundred layups on the with the right hand, and then he did a hundred layups with the left hand. And someone said, "Why do you start out that way?" He goes, "Everyone needs to start the day out with a little confidence." And he knew he could make a hundred layups, a hundred out of a hundred layups every time. And it just got his mind in the right place for the day. I think that's what our time with, with Christ does for us. It gives us a little confidence in who he is and what he wants to do um, to, take us, to take us through the day. Mm, that is such a good word, Alan. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, we, in all of us, as Alan said before, we all struggle with insecurity at some point. And it comes out in different ways. And we want to encourage you, especially as you start this new year, to begin to make sure that you're growing in your confidence in Christ. Um, we don't need more self-esteem. We need more God-esteem. And so we want you to, to aim toward that this year. So, Alan, uh, any any other last words before we finish up today? You know, um, you know maybe you think, hey, I'm, I don't really struggle with insecurity. I got my act together. We've got news for you next week. So anyway, tune in, <laughs> tune in for that one. Uh, we're going to talk about maybe the, the overconfident uh, pastor um, next next time around. So we look forward to kind of flipping flipping the script on this one. Um, but we want to talk about uh, through a few pastors and maybe some attitudes that we see from time to time. And hopefully it's something there will resonate. If it does, um, let us know um, how maybe how we helped you, how, how we encouraged you. Uh, maybe there's another trait you'd like to see us talk about. Let us know. There's a great way to reach us. Um, our email, alan, A-L-A-N, at EnduringChurches.Consulting. Trent, at EnduringChurches.Consulting. And we would love to hear from you. You can check us out on our Facebook page, um, at Enduring Churches. But we would love um, to connect to connect with you and help you and your church endure. So Trent, you got any final words for us as we go out? No, I appreciate you all taking time to listen to us. We hope that you are encouraged because we do this because we want you to endure. We want you to hang in there. Um, we know Satan wants to knock the slats out from under you, but we want to encourage you to keep going. And uh, so we hope that you will share this with someone else and tune in next time for our next podcast.